Well, we've got some really special guests here right now. Special is the right word. <laughs> We're so excited. I'm just all so happy. My mom and Kiki um, both arrived on Saturday. So getting some quality family time in for the first time since June 2019. Was it 2019? Yes, we moved here in 18. Okay. They came in 19. It all blurs together. It does. Yeah. But we're having a great time. We're so happy to have my mom here every day and have Kiki here in the evenings when she's not doing clinics. Yeah, so the clinic ministry has kicked off. It's going really strong. Um, and we have 12 days of clinics that started on April 8th. And I did two days, but now Kiki will have 10 days of clinics, uh, both here and in the Lower Shiri. And we will do a podcast with her that we'll post in the month of May talking about her experience towards the end of her time here this month. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. And uh, for for me, that means I get to kind of take a little bit of a break as she's got the team busy with clinics and I can focus on some other things and also look forward to what's coming up in the months of June, July, and August, which is our church planting teams and our youth day camp teams. And uh, we can really reach out to our listeners because we need some help with those. And uh, we use bicycles and the mission has 45 bikes that we lend out to those who are participating on those teams. And so if the Lord lays on anyone's heart to help us with that, uh, we need to repair those bikes before it starts. And that's for $55 a bike, or that's a total of $2,500. So you can just go online to gospellife.org and give to the church planting fund and support those ministries coming up, which uh, will be here before we know it. So you had a special time yesterday. Yes. What? Tell us about that. So I drove up to Salima, which is a town on the lake, and uh, met with my friend, uh, Eric Gibbs from Arizona. And I'll explain more about who he is, but we had a great conversation that we got to rep- record part of it um, there on the shores of Lake Malawi. And in this episode, you will hear boat motors, <laughs> you will actually hear us be, I think I could say we were attacked by a small furry creature in the middle of the episode. Are you serious? Well, not attacked. We saw it. That's, that's you know, basically. The basically thing. attacked. <laughs> so, but Was it the Hyrax that yes, you sent me a picture of? Yes. Uh, one of them stared at us in the middle of the episode and distracted us shortly. That sounds And I didn't cut it out. Threatening. <laughs> very threatening, small, fuzzy, squirrel-like creature. Two big, strong men, small, fuzzy creature. Hey, this is Africa. Anything can happen. <laughs> Josh. And I'm Stacey Lee. We're missionaries in Malawi with Gospel Life Global Missions. And this is the Gospel Life Podcast, where we talk about missions, Malawi, and more. 
Today's episode is a very special conversation with our friend Eric Gibbs. So I'm sitting on the shores of Lake Malawi with a friend from Arizona, well, from Kentucky, yeah. but serving in Arizona, Eric Gibbs. Uh, Eric, it's great to have you in the beautiful, warm heart of Africa, it is, Malawi. It is good to be here. It's been, uh, it's been exciting. So, Eric, you're a missionary as well, mm -hmm. but in a very different context in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, we grew up together, and I grew up even more with your wife. She's mm -hmm. known me forever. Right. We yeah. literally grew up right down the road from each other. Right. Your parents still live just down the road yeah, from each other. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's right. And um, it, But the Lord called me here. He called you and Brittany uh, to Arizona, mm -hmm. to the southern part, to serve with Native Americans mm -hmm. and try to reach Native Americans with the gospel. So mm -hmm. why don't you just, um, I'm going to put in the show notes, you have a podcast, Live Love Ministries podcast. Correct, yep. And I'm going to link specifically to the one where you guys tell your story okay. about being called to Arizona. Right. So they'll get the detailed version, but just for people who don't know you, kind uh -huh. of a brief description of what you do out okay. there in Arizona. Sure. Real quick though, we are sitting at some beautiful, beautiful scenery right That's now. right. That's right. We'll have to take a picture yeah. and post it so yeah, people see be, where we're at. That could be the cover for the for the podcast. And so if you hear waves crashing in the background, just let it be nice to you. Enjoy it because it's beautiful to That's look right. at. So okay. So in Arizona, we uh, we serve with native communities, as you said, two of them primarily. Um, and we had had the privilege of living among uh, them for, for a long, long time. And so our whole life is spent with native people. Um, we, we work with two tribes south of Phoenix and uh, spend most of our time working to plant churches. And we host mission teams. We do all kinds of different things. Uh, God called us there now. It's been 11 years ago. And so we've spent a good portion of our life there. Um, we uh, work with the Pima people and the T.O. people, primarily the T.O. people, the Tonawatham Nation, um, on a reservation about three million acres. And so it's a vast, vast piece of, of property. Um, the place that we work uh, and work to plant churches is uh, less than one percent Christian. And so even though it's in the United States, uh, it exists as a sovereign nation that has its own laws, its own rules, uh, does its own thing. Um, but for the longest time was very difficult to make headway in as far as uh, sharing Jesus and, and moving forward with church planting. And so uh, we've been there a while now and been able to see God do some great things. Um, we ho also host mission teams throughout the year that help us and partner with us. Um, but when we first started, we, we, we wanted to create an organization that was uh, not not just about mission teams, not just about mission trips, mm -hmm. but was uh, first and foremost about making Jesus known. And so our heart and our vision for our ministry, Live Love Ministries, is that um, there would be consistent gospel presence wherever God allows us to serve. So in every community that we have a connection, there would be a consistent gospel presence. And so we work toward that goal. Sounds almost like you wanted there to be gospel life yeah, yeah, yeah. in Arizona. There's a shameless plug for his <laughs> ministry right there. And uh, yeah, we wanted there to be a consistent gospel presence because... Yeah. There, there have been missionaries over the years who have ministered to Native people. That, mm -hmm. That's no, no secret. Um, but the thing that has been difficult uh, to, is to find any lasting fruit yeah. um, for that. You know, there mm -hmm. are a handful of churches, maybe, uh, on a given Sunday with less than a hundred people total. You know, on a, on a three million acre, twenty five thousand member people group. Mm -hmm. You know, 
And uh, and so we were able to go and God was gracious and en- enough to allow us to not only just go and be missionaries, but to plant our life there. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been able to see him do some great stuff. But but like I said, there, it's been hard to see any any lasting fruit. And so we're like, why is why is that? Yeah. You know, why? Yeah. Why has it been? And and when it when it comes down to it, I, I think the biggest thing that has helped us over the years is just staying and being yeah. consistent. Um, yeah. I remember one of the guys that we've been able to see come to Christ and, and he's a part of a church and helped start a church. Uh, he was sharing his testimony at a, mm-hmm. at a worship service one time. And, and his story of, of salvation is super cool. He was at first like uh, standoffish, uh, antagonistic toward us. Yeah. Like when we would come to his village and and begin to, to share, begin to do something, he would be you know trying to push back or make fun of us or curse at us or whatever. Long story short, he comes to Jesus, uh, but he's telling his testimony one night at a at a ministry. Like I don't remember what some church service he was at, and he was telling it, and I was there. And he uh, he starts saying, "People said, how did you come to Jesus?" And he starts talking, and he's like, "Well, Eric and Brittany and their family would come uh, and do things with kids, and they would do things here, and they would do things there, and then they would come again, and then they would come again, and then they would come again." <laughs> and he said. They were stubborn enough that they just never left, even yeah. after all the the cursing and all the drinking and all uh-huh. the the foul things we would say to them. Or, you know, they, he said they stayed for years. And uh, I don't know if that was uh, faithfulness on our part or just yeah. pure stupidity, <laughs> being scared to admit that we we failed or something. But but uh, you know, consistency has helped us yeah. uh, planning our life there. Um, yeah, and uh, you know our ministry is unique in the sense that uh, yes, we are we are commissioned by the North American Mission Board. We're a part of that, but we have our own organization called Live Love Ministries, and we have other team members who mm-hmm. who work with us. And um, a great logo, by the way. They thank you. You designed it. Um, <laughs> this is this podcast is all about my plugging myself yeah, the entire yeah. time. Well, it's good you. because I'm struggling a little bit. We all do our own podcast, and then I just turned around and I'm like, "Whoa, I'm on somebody yeah. else's." So now I got to th- think how I would answer the question. Yeah. So, well, so plug I, away. I, plug all you want. Well, I I'll plug you for a little bit okay. and just the. The truth is you don't see a lot of people involved in missions that start getting to that decade point. Mm -hmm, You see a lot of people come and go. Mm -hmm. And now before COVID, the Mm -hmm. ease of travel Mm -hmm. uh, just means you have a lot of people kind of parachuting in Mm -hmm. and going out. And, you know, I, I hear this all the time. Oh, you're in Malawi. Oh, we've been to Malawi or mm-hmm. we we have a ministry in Malawi and you look on the ground and like you said, where is the the fruit of right. those yeah. ministries? Yeah. The it's not really there and yeah. it's not the there the way people think it is right. because they haven't planted their lives right. in order to um in order to really plant deep roots. Yeah. This surface level stuff. Right. And then whenever they leave, it's gone. Right. Yeah. It, it, and then you have, and this isn't to to bash anybody who no. has done that, but then you have those who do come and attempt to stay for a period of time, but then realize life on the mission field is very, very, very difficult. Like, yeah. you know, from pictures, it looks great. You yeah. know, when you go talk to a church and you go share with other people, you show yeah. your pictures. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. There's you look at a picture of us doing a podcast on yeah. Lake Malawi, yeah, you're like, oh, I great. wish I wish I could live yeah. that life. We're but living it up. That's Jesus, not right? everything. Right. Um, and so you have those who, who do try to stay, but life gets difficult. Yeah. And you, you think about this, too. When, when you like when I talk about Arizona and mm-hmm. I talk about a village um, who has no church, no evangelical presence, 
no consistent witness of Jesus. Yeah. So that church, or that, excuse me, that community has been that way for decades because the mm. villages that we serve have always been there. So the yeah. native people that we serve, they, did, they didn't come from somewhere else. They, okay. They're indigenous to their, to their place. So they've always been in this area. Yeah. And so, so those villages have been there for basically forever, you know, yeah. decade, decade, century. So mm. you think of that long of a time without a consistent gospel presence. Yeah. And so yeah. you go into those communities and you begin to share Jesus. Mm. We know we have an enemy and there is a battle that yeah. rages. You yeah. think at first, okay, this is going to be great. Five people came to our first Bible mm-hmm. study or, you know, we had an outreach event and a hundred people showed up. That's all well and good until you start to consistently plant yourself yeah. in that community. Yeah. And you say things like, we're going to, we hope to plant a church here, or we, we hope uh-huh. that people will come to Jesus. Or you cross the, that, that awkward conversation about baptism publicly yeah. with people, you know, and it's like, here comes the attack. And it's yeah. not just on, on the ministry, it's on your family and on everything that uh-huh. you do because you're, you're waging war against darkness. Yeah, that's right. And if, if there's anything that I've learned uh, in the time that I've been there, it's that is real. Yeah. And, and those times are when people oftentimes, if you're not fully bought in and you're not fully committed to what God has called you to do, mm-hmm. you're going to bail. Oh, yeah. Because there yeah. have been hundreds of times over the, the, the last decade that I've thought, mm-hmm. this is too hard. Yeah. This is too difficult. Like this is happening to my family or this uh-huh. is happening to my ministry or this is happening to my finances or this is. Yeah. And, and not that that's all, sp- you know, a spiritual attack. I don't mean it that way, but it's just difficult. You yeah. Know? It's just, it's just. Yeah. When you get in the trenches of, of long-term ministry, long-term mission work, not just yeah. ministry, but long-term mission work, um, you have to really, yeah. really evaluate, is this what God has called you? You start looking at other opportunities, right. pastoring opportunities, yeah. different things where you think, man, I could go there and I don't have to deal with right. all the things I'm dealing right. with in this high-pressure situation. Right. And, and, and I think, too, trying to balance like, okay, life on the mission field and then communicating life back to uh, your home churches mm-hmm. and your supporters and trying to balance that relationship yeah. of, of, I want to tell you everything that's great, but yeah. I also want to be able to, to, to share you with you some of the struggles. Yeah. And I also want to paint a good picture for right. you of what life is like because right. ministry in what we would consider first world America, yeah. upper middle class, white America, whatever you want to call it is vastly different than life on, on yeah. a mission field. And so yeah. um, you, there's a constant, tension between the, the two trying to balance yeah. that and so one one of uh, uh my mentors the founder of our ministry here eric chapman always used to say you know whenever you're leaving malawi mm-hmm. or a place like malawi you're like okay back to the real world yeah. but actually if you think about it you're leaving the real world right. you're going back into the fake world right. of of middle class america yeah. like most people around the world are living in the types right. of conditions that we Minister. ministry yeah yeah you're yeah. exactly right and so a lot of times we think you know even even being submerged in a culture for so long you just think if i could just get back to to what my life w- was you know especially yeah. early on and then you're yeah. like wait a minute this is my life yeah this is the life that god has called me to this is what it means to follow jesus yeah. is to to work and do everything you can to make jesus known mm-hmm. you know to plant mm-hmm. your life among lostness and darkness yeah. and following jesus isn't about 
you know, everything that we make it about it yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. Uh, and it's multi-level hard. marketing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool logos. Cool no, logos. Yeah. Just, so, just so we're, you're in Malawi though. Yeah. So tell me why you're in Malawi. I just wanted to see how real missionaries live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the real missionaries are the international ones, right? right? Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. live in the U.S. and be People a real People tell missionary. us all the time, there's no real mission. This is no kidding. Yeah. I've had a missions professor say there's no such thing as as what you would call frontier or pioneer or whatever missions, traditional, I think is the yeah. word he used, traditional missions in, in North the, America. Yeah. Um, wow. And I, I said, okay, why don't you come with me, you know, yeah. and, and spend some time with me. And, and he was convinced that there yeah. wasn't, there wasn't, there were no communities yeah. that did not have mm. at least access or consistent yeah. access to the gospel. Well, I've been with you and I, I can back you up that you're right. He was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was a doctor at that point, and uh, so I had to, to I, you know, the this is side note for podcast <laughs> Okay. Um, we go anywhere on these yeah, podcasts, it's cool. so it's fine. So, you know, the only B I got in seminary was in missions. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of good grades yeah. just because I, I really, I don't know why, I, I didn't do good in high school yeah. or even college yeah. until I got serious about Jesus. But uh, when I got to seminary, uh, I worked, I tried to work really hard, you know, yeah. and uh, the only B I got was in missions. And I so, think that was B for biblical. Yeah. B for, you know, the best. Okay. We're going down that road. Okay, okay. Okay. And we're, we both have doctorates. Yeah. All right. So we're plugging ourselves. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so now we can, we can critique our professors yeah, and stuff right. a little bit, but honestly, I think that a lot of the study of missions in in our seminaries and Bible colleges are just completely focused on the wrong things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that there's help, like for those of you who don't know, people who study missions spend a lot of time studying anthropology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different strategies mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, and like how people groups, culture shock, all mm-hmm. those things. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, you could get everything you need to know about those things in six week course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't need an entire degree in those things. Mm-hmm. Like what you need is to study the book of Luke and Acts. Yeah, yep, exactly. And, and if you study that yep. and then are able to translate it to your setting, yeah. then you've got what we're supposed Absolutely. to be doing. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Whenever we, we started the church in, in one of the villages that we, um, that we started the church in this, and this is no kidding. Um, there was a church in our state that wanted to visit uh, our ministry. Yeah. And so they came to us and they said, show us around your ministry, which is, you know, you do that all the time. Yeah. People are like, we want to see your ministry. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyway, they did want to see. And of course we were early on, this was in our first year of ministry there on the mission field. And we were like hoping that we would have some local partners and things. And so we, we, we had them come out and we took them to this village and this village had zero believers, no church. It's very, very difficult place to live. Very, very poor living conditions. So it's it just a really, really tough place. Uh, and they went with us to this to this village and they said, share with us your vision for this place. And I said, OK, our vision is to, to plant a church here. Yeah. And they laughed. Wow. They just said it's never going to happen. Literal words were it won't ever happen. But like, what do you want to do to help people? I said, well, we've got all kinds of ideas to help people. Yeah. Like, yeah, we want to meet this need over here. There was families that needed food mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. But we want to do that so that we can share Jesus so that we can plant a church. Yeah. So that the gospel is here and the gospel goes forth. Yeah. And that God is glorified through all of this. Yeah. It was ultimately ending at a body of Christ being in mm-hmm. that community. Yeah. 
the 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 stuff that they wanted to hear wasn't the end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for us it was a means to an end, which was yeah. to to proclaim the name of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and for them that was like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so we're like, well, that. Was and th- this these were people from a church. Yes, yes. This was a church yeah. in our denomination. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and came and, and said that they they physically laughed out loud. You mm-hmm. know, not LOL like you know. Yeah. Kids yeah. these days do. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you can tell a lot about a local church if you look at the types of missions they're doing. Yeah. And you know. W- <laughs> We, we both have adopted kids mm-hmm. and fostered, mm-hmm. and so our heart is for orphans. But, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of churches that what they call missions is just orphanage right. ministry. Right. Like, right. that's everything, yep. or digging wells. Yeah. or like. And you look for where's the church planting yeah. aspect? Where's yeah. the evangelist? And it's yeah. just not there. Right. And those are good things, and they yeah. honor God. But at the same time, our goal is to get the gospel yeah. to people and yeah. to, see, to make disciples and yeah. to see people grow and to see people reproduce what's going on in their life and the lives of other people. Yeah. And if we only get to the well or we only get to the orphanage, but we don't get to Jesus, then we, yeah. we, we sold people short. Yeah. You know? I think it was John Piper who said, God cares about all suffering but especially eternal suffering. Right, exactly. And so just to keep that perspective, like it's great you gave someone water, mm-hmm. clean water, right. but now, that's not going to be eternal. Right, yeah. yeah. We, we want to talk about living water. Yeah. Let's give them clean drinking water so that they can live long enough that we tell them about yeah, that's right. the that's living right. water. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's hard because mm-hmm. when you work in, I'll come back to that story in just a minute about okay. the church, but when you work in high need environments, yeah. like, that is still to like still a struggle. Even after oh, yeah. a decade in, it's like, where do we focus our time, our energy, our mm-hmm. resources? Man, I'm broken over this situation. I'm broken over this situation. But we're not driven by need. We cannot yeah. be driven by need, or we'll yeah. be overwhelmed. And, yeah. And and I figured that out early on, and it's still it's like I, mm-hmm. I learned it early on, but I don't yeah. always I've mastered it. But, yeah. Yeah. But it is one of those things that you realize if I'm if if it's a need and I have to address every need. I'll never get to the gospel. Yeah. I'll be so overwhelmed yeah. with needs that that it's all I'll do. In, yeah. Where in your environment, I've spent time in Malawi and even just you can you could take spend the rest of your life in the country of Malawi meeting physical and emotional yeah. needs. Yeah. And never get to the gospel. Right. And never get to Jesus. Right. And be fully fulfilled in what you're doing. It feel, would feel great and yeah. you would do good things and you uh-huh. would, you could be happy and no one would say you did a bad thing. You yeah. lived a good life or whatever. But you've missed it completely mm-hmm. if you don't share Jesus. That's and, right. And if you don't get to the to the gospel. That's right. That's whether right. whether people respond or not, that's yeah. what we came to do. Yeah. You know, Jesus told the disciples, the poor you have with you always. Yeah. And uh, and the truth is, like in places like this, in places in the reservation, you are never going to solve those deep, right. deep problems right. and all of a sudden make it into middle class America. Right. Yep. And even if you could would you want right. to is that our goal right? yeah because yeah. when we go back to middle class america we see people who may have a lot of material stuff but are completely empty right. on antidepressants yeah. suicidal right. you know right. all those things and so uh yes we we do enough to demonstrate the compassion of christ mm-hmm. but it's in order to lead to the gospel right. yeah i think we had talked about you were talking about resources that we need to plant churches. Yeah, yeah. You go through seminars and learn all these strategies. And, yes. and you said, you know, you open the book of Luke, you open the book of Acts, you you apply it to your context of where you're serving. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that church that or that village where they said we would never be able to plant a church, um, you know, there was a period of time where I thought, 
well, I wonder if they're right. They've been in this yeah. state, you know, whatever. You know, we're new here at this point. Um, and we began to to study the book of Acts. And you see the, the movement of the gospel, mm. people who are fully committed to making Jesus known yeah. at, regardless of the cost, yeah. regardless if they were mocked, regardless of, mm -hmm. of what happened to them, regardless of if they had support or not, yeah. you know? And so yeah. um, we, we, we stayed the course there in that community. Yeah. And we were able to see three, three, about three and a half years in, we saw the first person come to Jesus. So for three and a half years, we, we met no, no fruit. Yeah. If, if you will, you know, no yeah. lasting spirit. And you're fruit. just going back to this village weekly, weekly or monthly, weekly, or weekly, every week for yeah. three and a half years without a single person coming to faith in yeah. Jesus. And then, um, and then, uh, she, this young lady came to Christ. Uh, she was about early twenties at the time. And then she eventually her then boyfriend, now husband, came to Christ and, and a church broke out. Yeah. And then when we began to, the first thing that we did when, when people began to come to Jesus, well, obviously they were baptized and they were baptized uh -huh. publicly, which was super cool. Yeah. Um, out in front of their whole community, which was, was, was totally unique. Um, but then we studied the book of Acts with them. Uh -huh. And so from the very beginning, that's been in their DNA yeah. to, to, well, this is normal. Yeah, like it's normal. To this tell is what people, Christians do. Yeah. This is what they've been doing oh, from the we, beginning. We give our resources, our time, our energy, our effort to yeah. make Jesus known. Mm -hmm. This is who we are. Yeah, you know. And so, yeah. and we we were just able to to recently start a, a, another church, and and that's the same people. Are like, well, what model are you using? What a, we're yeah. opening the Word of God, and we're teaching. That's right. That's right. We're teaching the Word that's of God right. to people, and allowing yeah. the Holy Spirit to lead them and yeah. direct them. You took the words out of my, my mouth. I mean, the word of God and the spirit. Yeah. That's what we see in Luke and Acts. Yeah. The word of God and the spirit is doing the work yep. through us yep. and producing this, this DNA yep. of taking the word to yeah. further places yeah. in the power of the spirit. Yeah. I got, I got caught up one time and well, while we were working to plant a church. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give them a definition of church. You know, how yeah, you know, yeah. like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then I backed up and I'm like, no, I'm not. What am I doing? You know, yeah. I'm not selling out to that. I, I, I want, we're going to open the Bible and open the book of Acts. We're going to walk through it. Yeah. We're going to apply it. We're going to see how it fits, see what it means. Yeah. Go for it. You know, and, and, and believe it or not, it works. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's like crazy. It works, yeah. you know, but, um, but it's exciting to get to do that. Um, and so I don't know where we got to. We kind of took a long curve. Okay. Road. Well, let's go, let's go back to you're in Malawi. Right. What has brought you to Malawi? You? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't stand uh, to be right. away from me any longer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, we had shared on a previous, our previous podcast. Here I unplug my podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Live I Love want Ministries people podcast. to listen to yours. It is on Apple and Google and YouTube and yeah. whatever place you can find and You it. know what I thought? But <laughs> your frequency of posting and our frequency of posting, like people should just consider it one podcast <laughs> yeah. and then they would get like <laughs> enough episodes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we started out really strong and we were going to do a bunch <laughs> and then it was like uh, three months go by. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, here's our first one. But anyway, where was I going with that? Uh, you, oh, we had done, how did we get to Malawi? Yeah, uh, we had. We sh if you if you're listening and you know about our family, you know that we have nine children in our home, mm -hmm. but we have other children who have been a part of our life um, for many many years. When we first moved to Arizona, obviously we were working on the reservation, but we're mm -hmm. not very far from Phoenix, and so at that time, 
uh, we were going through the adoption of our first uh, our first adoption with yeah. with, with Emmeline, our daughter. Uh, and Emmeline was from Congo. And so we finished the adoption right after we moved to Arizona. Okay. And so once we're there, I'm, I'm enrolled in seminary and I, and I began to hear about refugees in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're not far from Phoenix. I don't know if I said that, but we're not too far from yeah. Phoenix. Uh, and so I began to hear about refugees. And so I'm like, I want to find some more out about, about refugees in Phoenix. And then I realized our daughter was from Congo, that there were a whole bunch of, of refugees from Congo in yeah. Phoenix. And so yeah. it's like, wow, there's this whole community. And so it initially started as I want to connect her with her culture, with her yeah. community and keep her involved in that, which was super cool. Well, then through a partnership with a friend of mine, he's a friend of mine now, he was my professor at the time. Uh, we, he had an organization that, that ministered strictly to, to refugees. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, why don't you come and, and kind of represent our organization in Phoenix and connect with the refugees that way? So long story short, through uh, ministering to refugees in Phoenix, in addition to, to native communities, um, we began to be around a whole lot of, of Congolese people. And, uh, and so people came into our family and lived with us and uh, you know, now have children and they, yeah. we have, in, in a way have grand, grandchildren. And so it's super mm-hmm. cool. But in that process, um, those who are living with us began to share their time about the refugee camp where, where they came from. Mm-hmm. So refugees, if you don't know, their country's in war. Um, things are going on. They flee their country often to a, another country uh, in sub-Saharan Africa, is, is, and uh, or at least for these guys. And, and then they live in the camp waiting to get placed in another country by the UNHCR. And um, so they began to share about their life at the refugee camp. The refugee camp was in Malawi. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a long way to get to Malawi. Yeah. But um, and then they said, you know, we want, you know, we want to share with you about our, our life in the camp and, and want you to connect with, you know, see if you can. And long story short, we found ourselves connected with the refugee camp in Malawi, which is Zaleka refugee camp, mm-hmm. which is basically in, in the central part of, of yeah. Malawi. Uh, about for those of you who listen to our podcast, um, about a, probably a five or six hour drive from where we live yeah. uh, in Zomba. And so inside Zaleka refugee camp is a large, large, large population of Congolese. Yeah. And then um, so that connected us there. And so a few years ago, I was able to come visit the camp, built some relationships with people um, and have helped to establish some some church planting stuff there inside the camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then here recently been able to start a like a pastors and leaders training through uh, Gateway Seminary. And so it used to be called the CLD program. They call it like an advanced program now. But it's basically where I can teach uh, biblical truth, foundational stuff. A New Testament, Old Testament, that kind of stuff. And then when they finish, they get a, a diploma. Mm-hmm. And so it's, we, we invest in the lives. Because, again, when I, when I came to Malawi for the first time a few years back, I was overwhelmed by need. And I'm like, well, we got to do all this. we got to yeah. do all this. we got to yeah. do all this. And it's like I had to back up and be like, I can't do all that. Yeah. You know, what would be the most effective? Yeah. Training people, teaching people, and then sending people out. That's right. I mean, I think we see that in Scripture as the yeah. biblical model. And so... Um, so that was this, that's been my heart is like, so if I'm going to make an impact in not only the Congolese community that exists within Malawi, but in, in, in mm-hmm. the world to yeah. the nations, because here's, here's the deal. Those refugees inside that camp, they're going to be resettled at some point more than likely. Yeah. And they're going to be maybe in the United States, Canada, Australia, Norway, Finland. And yeah. so if they're, uh, all kinds of different places, if they are properly equipped with mm-hmm. the word of God and they have a heart to reach people with the gospel, they're literally going all over the world. Yeah, literally. And then they're 
really close to their family back in Congo. Mm-hmm. And then they spend time in Malawi. And yeah. so they're making an impact in Malawi. I went yeah. with a Congolese pastor yesterday uh, that is in our program mm-hmm. to an, a Malawian village that was about three hours from where we were, deep, deep, deep in, off into the bush, into the into the jungle, whatever yeah. you want to call it, yeah. you know, way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's not really a jungle, but you get you yeah. get the drift. The bush. Yeah, into the bush. Uh, it was several hours, and he is leading a church planting movement in this village who who has has never had a wow. church. And so, wow. so if I can help equip him, and I can mm-hmm. come and pour into him, and give him a biblical foundation for which to reach people with truth, yeah, I've made a greater impact than if I go all over the place, you yeah, know, and, right. and try to That's try right. to help people. That's right. So in that same connection, we also connected with a school in Lilongwe in the capital city, um, and we are able to use that school as with, do the same thing. And so okay. not only could we do uh, do it inside the refugee camp, but we can use the school uh, and help kids in the process, but at the same time, equip people to reach people with the gospel. Okay. And so, awesome. Uh, so that brought us here and that will continue to bring us here. Yeah. Hopefully if uh, a time or two a year, it will be our heart. Um, this time, Brittany was supposed to come and Julia, our other team member, but with COVID, it didn't work out. Yeah. So I was able to come by myself. Um, so, you know, you... <laughs> There's a lot of things that are similar to the reservation mm-hmm. and to Malawi as far as poverty, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of differences. Yeah, so great deal of difference. I'm interested with you kind of being so deep in both places, mm-hmm. what you see, because I see some things, yeah. but I wanted to hear what yeah. you see. Well, you're right. The The needs, the poverty level are are near identical. You know, there, there's, there's just a lot of need, a lot of struggle, a lot of yeah. hurt, a lot of survival mentality that kind of stuff you know Mm -hmm. just get by but some of the differences is for example like the native communities in which we work are closed cultures Mm -hmm. meaning like you're not going to be able to go like if i go into a native village nobody's running up to me yeah and poking me and feeling my skin like like they do in 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 africa um no one cares what i have to say whereas almost anywhere you go in malawi they'll be excited you're there you're a celebrity you're straight up celebrity right away if you go visit a church they're coming out singing and and you go visit an orphanage they're putting on a whole display for you yeah like everybody's doing everything but the cultures are entirely different so Mm -hmm. for example not, I'm not saying this is a method, but if someone wanted to start a church in Malawi, you could go over under a tree and start preaching and somebody yeah. sings. And before you know it, you've got a crowd in, in a church. Yeah. You go to start a church in a native community. You may work there for 15 years uh-huh. and have five people. Yeah. You know, that have trusted you enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because And a lot of that goes back to history and the yeah. things that have taken place between white people and native people. Yep. And uh and they're rightfully so oftentimes yeah. skeptical of anybody that's coming mm. from the outside. And so that's one of the major, major yeah. differences. And uh, one thing I see mm. that's a big difference, and you tell me if I'm right, okay. is that um, the drug problem mm. you deal with. Yes. We yeah. just, we obviously people smoke marijuana, they drink here, but it's nothing compared to the drug. What are you looking at? We just had a furry creature come up behind us. <laughs> um, I got scared. Yeah. I think it, that's a Hyrex? Hy- something like that. Kind of looks like a cross between a raccoon yeah. and a squirrel. So this is a, this is a, we're on safari as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But the drug problem mm-hmm. um, in Arizona is not, right. and all the consequences yeah, of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So one of the reservations where we serve borders Mexico actually crosses into Mexico. And so we have a problem with drug trafficking. 
human trafficking, mm-hmm. things like that. Obviously, human trafficking is a problem in Africa, a big yeah. problem. Yeah, but um, a little bit different. But yeah, just the substance abuse problems yeah. are are evident everywhere in the uh-huh. reservation. So, like for example, um, the reservation statistics are are are. How do I try to say it? Are daunting, if yeah. you will. You know, yeah. uh, the life expectancy on the yeah. reservation is 40 for men wow and 55 for women wow um you know, so like so that. hold on a second i mean i'm haven't looked this up in a while but I, in malawi it was like 50 or 60 mm-hmm. which we it used to be much lower but there's been some improvement mm-hmm. so we're talking about a part of the united states mm-hmm. that has a lower life expectancy than a place in africa yeah a developing country in africa yeah 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 and so um and you know people struggle with drug and alcohol abuse suicide among native teens is like the highest people group in north america i mean it, it, wow. it's 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 unbelievable and so those are some of the differences and so like where, where you go into it and i hope if someone hears this they, they don't hear me saying anything um to put anybody down or to hurt anybody right. but i just want to be honest like if you go into a a place here in malawi generally people are joyful yeah. and excited and, yeah. and like we said there's just a, even with the difficulty of life mm-hmm. you know Malawi is called the warm heart of Africa yeah. because people are friendly and they're, yeah. they're, they love you and they're nice and yeah. so obviously there, there's exceptions to that but but majority of the native communities are not that joyful yeah. not that excited um, des, uh, depression is, is very mm-hmm. very very high um, you know, I don't know of a single man that I've ever met on the reservation that has not struggled with alcohol and or drugs. Wow. wow. Um, vast majority of people that come to Christ come out of a lifestyle of, of, of deep, deep drugs. Yeah. You know, uh, murder is really, really high on the reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few years that we were <clears throat> at uh, the place where we were serving before on the res, that kind of was our home base. Just in the last few months leading up to us uh, making a transition to where where we are now um it was like three or four people that we were closely tied to were murdered just wow. bam 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 wow bam. and so that kind of stuff is is, is yeah. difficult and so when yeah. we when we talk about staying the course that's the theme mm-hmm. of our, our podcast this year or this season is uh we talk about that like we mean in the midst of all of that stuff yeah. You know, and so that is different, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I know those things exist in Malawi. I know suicide exists and I know. Yeah, but it's not, it's not an that epidemic. prevalent. Yeah. Um, I would I would tell you from my experience mm-hmm. that you talk about the temperament mm-hmm. difference mm-hmm. for a lot of Malawians. That is more of a facade. Mm-hmm. It's a mask yeah. they put on for foreigners. Yeah. And there's always a lot more going on underneath, underneath the, the surface. surface. Yeah. Um, but it isn't. It still isn't the same thing yeah. you're talking about yeah. with the the drug problems yeah. and stuff. I mean, this is this is no lie. You go into a native community, um, and you may. I mean, you're in some way you're putting your life at risk. Yeah, you know, and especially being an outsider, especially coming in to do. And, and you know, not all of them. Don't get yeah, me. I'm not right, making any right. blanket statement, but but these are some realities. Our yeah. life is, you know, early on in our ministry. Uh, on the reservation within the first, I think it was the first summer. Yeah, it was the very first summer. So we had we moved there in January. So mm-hmm. by the by June or July of that year, um, I had been threatened to be stabbed wow. in the first year and had a gun pulled on me yeah. in the first year. Like that's intense, you know, yeah. for for a guy that you know is thinking I'm going to the mission. You know, at first uh-huh. everybody thinks I'm going to the mission field to help people and they're going to love me. Yes. And, you know, 
And some guys, and instead they want to stab you, stab you, and they want to shoot you. You know, it's like, (laughs) okay, what did I get myself in? Yeah. And so, um, to speak to the differences, those are some. Yeah. But also just to give a better picture of of the the areas in which we serve, like the desperation and the depravity and the the difficulty. Yeah. um, That darkness brings. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. Yeah, yeah, so that that's some of the differences. There there are tons more, and then there are tons of similarities. Yeah. I love culture, and I love kind of seeing the two intermingle. Yeah. At, at times, we do a. Uh, here's me a plug for our ministry. Is that cool? We still no, plug go in? ahead. Plugging away. Yeah, we do a a camp every year in the summer mm-hmm. in Arizona. It's it, it started out just for students from the native communities that we that we work in, mm-hmm. and then it grew to refugee students, and then it grew to. Uh, multiple nations and so we do this uh camp every summer where i think this past summer we had seven or eight different nationalities present of students and it was super cool to see those two cultures who are seemingly polar opposite at times Mm -hmm. come together but see the similarities because they both been through difficult stuff and are still going through difficult Mm -hmm. stuff both both have been victims of of outside forces you know and uh and to see just the the uniqueness that god brings in their lives, but how they come together and uh, those who come to Jesus are able mm-hmm. to connect with one another. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really, really cool. Yeah. So. Well, I am so thankful for you. You're, you're a example to me, a hero in many ways. And I know you hate for me to mm-hmm. say those things, but, um, you know, one thing that we did this past year is I got to speak on zoom mm-hmm. to a conference that you were putting on mm-hmm. and, uh, and I had to wake up very early in Thank the morning for, for that. that, by the way, remind me to remind me to compensate you. For yeah. that. <laughs> but, uh, it was a privilege. And one thing that somebody in the crowd asked during the question and mm-hmm. answer time was like looking at you and your wife, Brittany and mm-hmm. me all growing up in the same church, all serving in missions around the world um like what's the story behind that like yeah. what oh, is there something that churches can replicate yeah. to to see young people called into ministry yeah. like this so i gave my answer yeah, yeah. to them but you give me your answer yeah, I, I will one of the the you gave your answer that day and you talked about how from the very beginning i mean from the time you were a, a child all the way through your time in the youth group and and even beyond it was missions. It was yeah. it was sharing Jesus. And, yeah. and when Brother Ricky came there, uh, he had to endure some hard stuff to get yeah. the church going in that direction. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar with our home church, Hardin Baptist, our pastor's been there for over 35 years. Mm-hmm. And and what I was saying is like it, it was it was our generation is the fruit of what previous generations Mm, did like our parents age people and uh and the emphasis was everybody learns how to share the gospel Mm -hmm. and they were going door to door Mm -hmm. and the church grew because they were sharing the gospel right Right. not because like there was some sort of attractional model of ministry if you don't know much about harden harden isn't a a place that you would come the community isn't it a place that it is a a, a metropolitan area yeah. or even a, any suburban area. Yeah. I mean, it is in the middle of nowhere. And, and, and I mean, ironically, the, the church in Hardin has more people than the city of Hardin. That's has, right. That's know, right. So. Um, but from, from, from beginning, you know, uh, it, it started there with, with brother Ricky believing that, that this was truth, that, that this was what Jesus has called us to do is to equip people for the work of the ministry and to send them out to do the ministry. And so that, I think, 
you kind of laid the foundation for that when you gave your answer. Is that mm-hmm. from the very beginning, we learned to share our faith. We yeah. learned that this is normal as a follower of Jesus. Well, for me to give my answer a little bit different, I didn't grow up going to church. Mm-hmm. And so I came into the picture uh, early in high school into Hardin. And so I came into the picture and then I began to, and by the way, I came honest. Let's be honest, okay? This is an honest podcast. Because of a girl. Yeah, okay, because my wife is beautiful. If you're listening. She wasn't your wife at the time. Yeah, but she is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and she was beautiful then as well, And but she wasn't my wife. And so I kind of <laughs> hoped that she would be. So, no, I, I came chasing her, honest, yeah. but, but and found Jesus, which is a cool yeah. thing. The Lord was chasing you yeah, yeah, while well, you were chasing her. Exactly. And he chased me right to the church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I came in. I didn't grow up going to church much mm-hmm. and didn't know a lot about it. Came in and it was kind of the youth group time. You know, yeah. it was like you came in. That's what back then that was youth groups were the thing. You know, yeah. and, they, and they still are in some ways, but but not I don't think. Not the same way. Right. And so, you know, youth group was a big thing. And so I come in and I begin to meet all these people, you know, that were leaders in the youth group. So I came in thinking, you know, I'll come to church and maybe get to know her. But at the same time, I began to meet all these these teachers and these leaders. And what I found out is a whole bunch of them weren't pastors. They were they were just people, people's dads and people's, you know, just teachers within the. The, the the church and they began to talk about Jesus and it wasn't like I had heard in the past it wasn't like some boxed sermon it was yeah. like Jesus was real to them yeah. yeah Jesus was real so when they got off work they came to the church to tell students that Jesus was real yeah and then so I began like man these guys always talk about I remember having a conversation going they always talk about Jesus. Like that's all they talk about because Jesus had changed their life and yeah. given them purpose. And and that was their calling that they were fulfilling. But anyway, I guess to, and then those same teachers and the youth pastor and the teacher, uh, pre, pastor, everybody uh, was was from the very onset was, you know, it, come to know Jesus and then you, you, you share Jesus with others. It mm-hmm. wasn't like you come to know Jesus and then you wait until you're an adult and then you do church kind of stuff. It was from... I mean, I was 15 years old when I first yeah. came there and they had me knocking on doors and serving <laughs> people right away. It was yeah. like this. So I guess I said all that to say this. I didn't know any different. Yeah. And for that, I'm yeah. thankful. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that there was another option. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like you could just go to church and sit there yeah. and go home. Yeah. Like that wasn't that, a thing. Like if you to, and that was really the wrestling thing I had, you know, if I'm going to come to know Jesus like this this is what I'm signing up for, if you yeah. will, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, is you're not just receiving eternal life, you're receiving purpose and mission. Like yeah. this is this is what it means mm-hmm. to be a Christian. Yeah. And so I didn't know any different. And so for that, I'm th- people think it's weird that I, I'm thankful that I didn't grow up in church and yeah. and I don't mean it that way. Either way yeah. That, like I w- you yeah. Know, obviously, I wish I had that foundation younger, but I didn't have any preconceived idea. That's right. That's right. And so I came in. And when it meant, hey, follow Jesus, meant literally follow that's Jesus. Right. Not that's just right. like in, in word, but in action and in mm-hmm. purpose. And so that's all we knew. Yeah. You know, so we were at, at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old going to a mission week, which was a, a thing in our own community that yeah. we, so they weren't just, they took us to Mission Fuge, which was usually in an urban area, Nashville, uh-huh. Mobile, Alabama, places like that. That was awesome. Yeah, I remember my first cross-cultural experience serving in Mobile, Alabama, yeah. way, way a long time ago, but getting it just changed my life. Yeah. And then to bring that back home, so you know, some some people do a lot of their missions away from their church. Yeah. They brought it back home, basically did the exact same thing yep. in their own community. Mm-hmm. And so not only are we serving people in Mobile and Nashville, but it's right across the street. Yeah. 
we're talking to people that we see, you know, we're talking to people that come that we go to school, right. That we go to school with and we're knocking on doors and we're serving people. And I remember even before I, I, I came to really know Jesus before I came to Christ, somebody taught me how to share my faith, which was one of the ways I realized (laughs) you weren't a believer. Yeah. I don't have a faith to share. Yeah. You know, which was, you know, some people might question that, like, why are you teaching somebody? But at the same time, it was like, Hey, this is part of it. Like yeah. if you're a follower of Jesus, this is part of it. And so uh, for long answer is I didn't know any better. Yeah. And, and it was, and that was a part of the, if you will, DNA of, mm-hmm. of being a follower of Jesus and being a part of that church. And yeah. so, so I think, you know, listen, other churches or pastors or whoever might be listening, like it should be normal. Yeah. That people live on mission. That's right. That's like, right. Some people look at us and will say sometimes I couldn't do what you do. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, that's an amazing calling upon your life. And I, obviously not everybody's called to Arizona with me or Malawi with mm-hmm. you, but all of us are called to mission. Yeah, that's and right. And so we are, we're just doing what God's called us to do. Yeah. And you should be too, you yeah. know, like we're not abnormal people. Um, we shouldn't be abnormal people yeah. anyway. It should be, it should be very, very normal mm-hmm. for us to do this. And so, you know, people who are listening or churches or pastors, or whatever, like make it normal. That's right. right? Like if you're right. teaching people about Jesus, then you're teaching people about mission because uh-huh. you can't divide the two. Yeah. There is no Jesus without mission. Yeah. There is no Christianity without evangelism, without mission, without multiplication, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There is no following Jesus without actually following Jesus. And Amen. So, Amen. Well, I can't say it any better than that. So thanks for yeah, hanging man. out with me today. So let's enjoy this view for a little while. Longer. All right. Good. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Gospel Life Go. God provides for the needs of Gospel Life through your prayers and gifts. To become a prayer or giving partner, go to gospellife.org. We hope you join us in glorifying God by growing disciples who make disciples. We hope that you live a gospel life.